All right, everyone, welcome back to Universe Sports Talk with uh, Jackson Payne and Caleb Turner coming at you, previewing the Boise State matchup for BYU football this week. Nice ABC Saturday afternoon contest. Super excited to see the number 10, 5-0 Cougars in action against the Broncos. Good old, good rivalry game. How are we feeling about this week? Yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're feeling good. 5-0 um, BYU, as we talked about in the pod on Monday. Um, there's a lot of question marks around one of the more important positions on the team, which we will get into a lot more uh, later on. So this is probably, I don't want to say like the most skeptical the fans have been going into a game this season, but with the, with the exception of probably the first game, it probably is, honestly. I'd say so. I mean, we have not had this big a quarterback question mark this season. I mean, you had the competition going through training camp, uh, Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney, and Jacob Conover. Hall obviously won the job, started the first three games. We knew Romney, we knew what we were getting with Romney for USF and Utah State. And now we have no idea what to expect. Uh, Coach Tataki keeping his cards close to his chest on this one. Doesn't want to give Boise State any possible advantage. I think we can rule Baylor Romney out for this week. Concussion protocol, you're probably not going to play a week later. I would just, you'd have to assume. And so Jaron, we know Jaron's been practicing. We know he's been cleared by the doctors. To, to be able to play, but we don't know how conservative exactly BYU wants to be with him. So that opens the door for Conover, who played the second half. Um, I mean, we, we literally have no idea to, what to expect. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, I, th I think we, we, we hear a lot about, like, oh, like, what, what kind of questions do you guys get? Or, like, what, what's kind of, like, the big news around the team? And, you know, the questions we get as, as media members, right? Um, and I think for sure the biggest one by far this week has everyone is wondering, you know, who the quarterback is. I've gotten a couple texts today, yesterday, the day before. You know, who, who is this quarterback going to be? Because, you know, it being BYU, obviously the quarterback, and on any football team, the quarterback is a prominent position, but especially at BYU with its history of great quarterbacks with Zach Wilson last year and coming to this year, um, you know, quarterback's been a big deal. And like Jackson mentioned, you know, during fall camp, that was, that was the biggest story. And it kind of seemed like things had kind of settled down, I guess, you know, for lack of a better term, with, with Jaron Hall being named the starter, but now we're right back in it. And, of course, it happened when we played Utah State, right? Always the injury against Utah State. Um, and, and, and now we're kind of back back at square one, you know, a little bit as far as the quarterback position goes. Luckily, um, we know that the rest of the team is, is, is really good. Um, this is, is a very good football team. And honestly, having three quarterbacks that can start on this good of, of a football team is probably a good problem to have. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we've talked smack on the 2017 team or the 2018 quarterback room, but this is not your, your Bo Hodge, Joe Critchlow, right. Tanner Mangum quarterback room. You have three legitimate starting quarterbacks. And then you look at the scout team, Cade Finnegan, he's not eligible this year, but the transfer from Boise State, who got his game action against BYU last year, he's a legitimate quarterback as well. So you have four quarterbacks within the program, and having a competition like they did in the preseason is so crucial because you have guys, first off, when, when Jaron got the nod to be the starter, he was the guy, and he earned it, and he played like he earned it. And you had a guy like Baylor, and he was playing like he earned it too. So you have guys who are really playing to have their, have their number called, and, and it showed with the effort and the overall performance. So having that competition just made everybody better quarterbacks. And so when the time comes to step on the field, they were ready and they had been in those competitive situations to where they knew how to compete in the game. Obviously, Conover, what we saw last week, yeah. is not the Jacob Conover that I think we're going to get. With B Should he start this week? Um, very modest, conservative play calling. He, he shouldn't have to do too much if he starts. But at the same time, like people forget, like this dude had an Alabama offer. Yeah. He was the fifth best quarterback Pro pocket passer in his class. This dude had offers. Dude had offers. Like, yeah. <laughs> probably the, besides like Jake Heaps, 
which is a name that I hope we never say again on this podcast. <laughs> Probably the highly, most highly touted prospect BYU had in the quarterback position. Pretty, pretty elite player in high school. Three state championships, 102 touchdown passes. Um, so either way, you should not be that worried about who BYU starts at quarterback. Obviously, it's an advantage if you get Jaron. If Baylor came back, that's an advantage as well. But it's not like starting Conover is a disadvantage. It's not a bad thing. Right, right. And I, I think Baylor even said, this was probably back in the fall camp, that he was treating every practice as if he was the starter. Um, and that was something that – I know Zach Wilson said that early on in his career as well, but what, back when he was uh, backing up Tanner Mangum in 2018, he said he treated every week, every practice like he was going to be the starter. And that puts you in a position to be prepared in those situations when you basically are the starter. Like we saw with Baylor at Utah State, Jacob Conover starting the second half – um, in a situation where, you know, he really had to be consistent. He had to be ready for that moment. And if not, who knows what would have happened to Logan if, if Jacob Conover didn't have that poise and preparedness, uh, you know, thinking that he might be the starter at some point. Absolutely. And, I mean, you can talk about his stat line all you want. Obviously, Tyler Algier had a big, big part to play in that second half. But if you look at the scoreboard, Jacob Conover still won the second half yeah. as the starting quarterback. They won 10-7. And so, I mean, all he does is win. He's a winning quarterback. He's got three state titles in Arizona, which is one of the better states for high school football. Mm. I mean, like, if it was, like, Delaware, like, who would care? But, like, Arizona's <laughs> yeah. legit. Those, I mean, you got some big-name BYU quarterbacks who coach there now, too, with right, John right. Beck, Ty Detmer's down there as well. I mean, that's a legit quarterback and just football in general powerhouse for high school. And so Jacob Conover was the king of Arizona in his high school days. And so winning is a mentality. You kind of learn how to win. You don't just stumble into winning. Yeah. You just win, and that's what Conover does. So, start like I said before, starting him isn't a disadvantage for BYU. You could make the case that starting Jaron is a better advantage, but right. you know, you have three legit quarterbacks who who can play and have earned reps already for BYU. So there's a lot to be happy about, and you can have your concerns, sure, but we we need to see more of Conover. I, I'm not super worried. I think he's he's on he's on a BYU football roster for a reason. He's got. He came in last week for a reason. Yeah. They they could have put Neil Pau in there. You know, he's right, passer right. rating legend with those <laughs> trick plays. Um, they have other guys, and you know they put Conover in, and Conover was fine. So, you, it's it's gonna be fine. <laughs> and then, and that kind of brings up another question that we you know we don't know the answer to, and we'd like you know you guys as li listeners and readers to chime in as well. Who is kind of the fourth quarterback in the in this group after uh, Hall? Romney and Conover you know obviously um, you know technically speaking the guy who's got probably gotten the most reps in practice would be Soljay um, so but you know there's there's other options there you know is would it you know if Soljay gets injured would it be you know Neil Pau coming in who who if it gets desperate right if the situation gets desperate who is it that's going to be coming in I know Hayden Livingston was recruited as a quarterback yeah. out of Rigby Idaho and he he was in the quarterback room in 2016, his freshman year, and then they switched into defensive back. Mm. But you got athletes on that team, you know? Like, look, personally, I would like to see Uriah hop in at quarterback. I think that'd be <laughs> awesome. You remember the uh, Don Terry Poe with the, yeah. with the Chiefs, the jump pass on that th Sunday Night Football game, I think? It was, uh, I mean, I, I'd like to see Pau as your quarterback. That'd be so funny. <laughs> but I hope we never actually get to that point. Exactly. Maybe, maybe an awesome, like, spring flag football game. <laughs> Something like that. And you know why I like Powell? He's a lefty. Mm. Hefty lefty. That know? is kind of fun. I, I like my lefty quarterbacks. Shout out to uh, Tua and uh, yeah. Mark Brunel. And, oh, yeah, Steve Young. It's a, it's a rare breed. <laughs>
Um, ben, I'm, I'm glad you also you brought up uh, Kate Finnegan, uh, who you mentioned you know is not eligible being a transfer, and also he's the the scout team quarterback this year. But I think it's super important to bring him up, especially with it being Boise State this week. Or, uh, he played at Boise State last year. Um, in fact, played against BYU in that game that um, the Cougars ended up winning by a pretty wide margin. Um, but you know we've we've talked about you know, but his intel coming from Boise can be huge, um, and I think he's for sure going to play a role in you know these games going forward for sure. We were talking about today, you know, once Hall and, and Romney are gone, who is the guy that's kind of competing with Jacob Conover, who's obviously kind of the man of the future as BYU quarterback, who's competing with him. I think that's probably going to be Kate Finnegan in the future. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Finnegan's a BYU guy. He grew up a fan. His dad played here. Um, just really, really good dude, too. I like Kate a lot. And he's you, you've seen it on film. He was not bad against BYU last mm, year. Yeah. Really tough position. He got put in as the third stringer against a juggernaut BYU team. And he played fairly well, and he, he has the, you know, he has the tools. You, you've seen the film. He's, he's a good quarterback. And the biggest thing of all is Hank Bachmeyer might be the best quarterback that BYU's played this year mm, so far. Right. Um, 11 touchdowns, four interceptions, a bit turnover prone, but he, I mean, he, he can hook the football. He's, he's he, a good quarterback. He can sling it. Yeah. He can sling it, yeah. yeah. And, you know, Finnegan was in that quarterback room with him last year. They practiced together. Yeah. He knows how he is. And now you can have Finnegan running the scout team this week, mm. kind of mirroring Hank Bachmeyer and – it's a guy who's literally been with him, so yeah. he's given the defense a good look at what, what's coming. And, you know, just back to, back to Cade real quick, I've heard from a few people that Cade is lighting up on the scout team. Mm. He's, he's the real deal. He's having a good year. I know last year, Conover ran the scout team, right. had a great season. People were talking about him. I think it's time to start, start, it's time to start talking about Cade Finnegan as a quarterback prospect going forward because, obviously, Jaron and, Bar- and Baylor are both sophomores, but they're a bit older, so it's – it's tough to say how long they'll really stick around. Yeah. I mean, love Taysom Hill, but I don't think everybody wants to do the 26 and still playing college thing. Yeah. Uh, Conover's legit. He's got he's a freshman, so he's got lots of eligibility. But you kind of want to stack that quarterback room because just in case something like this happens again, I mean, this will be week six, and we'll be starting our third quarterback of the season. That's insane. You, you don't want to do that, but when you have a quarterback room that's this talented where you have three guys who could be legitimate starters and a guy on the scout team like Finnegan down the road who's another starter – Goodness gracious, like, you're never going to be at a disadvantage because you have guys who can just plug into the offense. Obviously, they tweak things here and there. But you have guys who know the system, they know their role, and they go out and they execute. And I think Kalani went on with ESPN, mm. reading the ESPN interview, and he just talked about how, you know, everybody knows their role, everybody does their job. We talked about that a lot. But they're not worried about being the starter. They're worried about just doing their part and being able to contribute. And in a quarterback room, especially with a team with this much on the line and where this much has kind of gone wrong – it's been that depth in the quarterback room and that mentality of, hey, like, we're, we're buddies. Like, we're going to have each other's back. I'm not going to be mad that I'm not playing when you're balling out. Like, I'm going to have my shot, and you're going to do your job, and we're all going to be okay. Yeah. And you've seen that so far, and it's been wonderful. Yeah, so, you know, unfortunately, we can't tell you at this moment who's going to be the starter. Because against, we don't against know. Stay on Saturday. <laughs> we don't know. To be completely honest, I don't even know if the coaches know at this point. You know, we're, this is, we're recording this on a Thursday. Uh, we've still got two days until the game happens. Um, and it seems like a lot of the decisions about the quarterback have been pretty much game-time decisions, yeah. uh, especially with, with Jerry in these last couple weeks. Um, and then, obviously, Baylor was in the middle of a game, so you can't really uh, control that. But they're, they're going to give them the full week, of, full week of practice, give them the chance to prove themselves, prove that they're healthy, prove that they can efficiently run this offense. Um, and who knows, you know, probably after, after practice. I know that I think, um, you know, Aaron Roderick mentioned in media availability yesterday they would like to ideally know by today after practice, so that would be this evening on Thursday. Um, but who knows, you know, it could go into Friday and then hopefully, you know, Saturday 
Uh, we'll, we'll be at the game early to hopefully give you, give you guys that intel on, on who uh, is warming up, all those kinds of things to get, uh, let you know early enough who, who has, who's going to get the nod. Yeah, we, we won't get caught slacking for you guys, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah our best. I would like to think that they'd have their quarterback picked out today, Yeah. but they're not going to say anything. They're going to keep it tight-lipped. You know, Kalani's very – he's so good with the media. He's so courteous and just very, very good with what he says, but he's also very smart with the media, mm. you know. He's not going to give the other team any sort of idea, and, and it's paid off, you know. They've, they've done a really good job of being, of being prepared and executing, and this week there, there's no way that we know until the first snap or – yeah. warm-ups you know if Jaron's not dressed or Baylor's right, not right. dressed but I would like to think that in practices this week they you know they gave Conover first team reps they had Jaron getting reps as well and with Jaron they know he's medically cleared right. but they just I don't think that they know how much the injury or his recovery has affected his ability to throw yeah. so I think they're just going to gauge it off who is most effective in practice that week yeah. and let that be the, the determining factor because you know, you, you want your best shot to win, and practice is a great indicator of that. And that's what Kalani said, too. He's like, our gauge is practice. You know, if you practice well, you're going to play. Yeah. You know, but there is one position that there is no question about at this point. Punter. Uh, punter is among those uh, 100% decided decisions. Two, two positions, two mo tiers. Most, most of the, the most efficient. Um, but, no, going into, you know, the keys of, of this game, who's been the MVP of, of this season all year long is Tyler Algier. Uh, there's no question uh, that that guy's gonna be playing on Sundays, as they say, he'll be he'll be in the NFL. Uh, you know, after the game against Utah State, uh, one of his teammates mentioned, you know, he's just he just can't wait to find out how high he goes in the draft. Not a question of if, but but just when. Real quick, I mean, you say he's gonna play on Sundays. Absolutely true. Um, next year, BYU would have Jamal Williams, all-time leading rusher yeah. in school history. Tyson Williams on the Ravens, 6.1 yards a carry this season. Transfer, obviously, only played three games, but he's still a Cougar, you know. Once a Cougar, always a Cougar, unless you transferred to the U. Or, <laughs> and, then, and then Tyler, you got three running backs from BYU in the NFL. Has that ever happened before? Ooh, Has BYU ever had three so. running backs in the NFL at the same time? Honestly, I, I don't think so, but I also might not know because I've only been following the team since 2013. So I don't, I, I don't think they've ever – I mean, it's pretty rare to have a BYU running back in the NFL Period. because you look yeah. at, like, some of the great – Harvey Unga right. wasn't as – I mean – he, he graduated as an all-time leading rusher. He's the running backs coach now. Doing a great yeah, job, by the yeah. way. You see a lot of shades of Unga with Algier. But, I mean, he didn't last as long as people thought he would. Luke Staley never even played in the NFL. Mm. Um, so a lot of these great running backs that you had didn't really make any noise. And now you have three in the league, potentially. That's yeah. insane. That's yeah. just, it just goes to show you how good BYU is at developing, developing players at this point. So, But Algier, definitely the, the MVP all around of this team, whether he's – breaking it open in the fourth quarter, punching fumbles out. <laughs> it's just, he, dude, he's dude so fun to watch. He's so fun to watch. Yeah, and, he, you know, you talk about development, too. I think it's a combination of that, but also identifying the talent. Because, you know, you look at a guy like Tyson Williams, who was a transfer. You know, he was only at BYU for a season. Um, and I don't know, you know, looking back, I, I actually wasn't at BYU, BYU at this time, but I can't remember how much hype he was getting. coming. He transferred from North Carolina, right? It was either North Carolina or South Carolina. South, yeah, I'm one of those two. He, yeah, he announced he was transferring while I was still here, but then he played when I was on my mission. Gotcha. But it was a, it was a decent deal. I yeah. mean, people, there was some buzz because we didn't really have like a set running back because Squally Canada and Matt Hadley kind of got the, the bulk right, of the carries. Yeah. Uh, Lapini Katoa was a freshman when I was a freshman. So he, so we had Katoa, but like. There wasn't like a solid like every down. There wasn't guy. a solid every down running yeah. back. Exactly. Katoa, he was the leading rusher his first two seasons. And, you know, like I said, 
I think he's the most underrated player on the offense in terms of skill positions, at least. But Tyler Algier is just him and Ryan Rico are the two best football players on the team yeah. by far. I, I I love throwing love to Rico because the dude is so good. He's like watching a painter do his art. You know? Yeah, you know. Uh, once again, shout out to special teams. We'll do that every week, all the time. We want to give give them all the credit they can get. But definitely, you know, Tyler Algier uh, will, will once again be a key, if not the biggest key, to a win over over Boise State, as has has been most weeks against the BYU opponents. Uh, he's he's finally averaging over 20 carries a game, which I think is huge. We mentioned that a couple weeks ago on the pod. Finally, um, we we want to get touches. We want him to get his opportunities to eat, um, and he is eating. Let me let me tell you, <laughs> the dude, dude is feasting out there, man. He he sure is, and you know Boise State ranked 108th nationally for against run defense so they they cannot stop the run they can get to the quarterback surprisingly like they have they have 13 sacks as the team um one of their one of their defensive ends blanking on his name but he has five sacks so they get to the quarterback but they can't stop the run interestingly right. enough, which you'd think like a good pass rush can <laughs> handle the run game but in this case no but Tyler Algier should definitely be getting at least 20 carries this week. But at the same time, you know, like, they, they know we're going to run the football. Right. They have a top five running back in the league. This would be a great opportunity, should Jaron play, to really dial into that play-action game mm. because they know you're going to run. If you pull out and you have the passing lane open, goodness gracious, especially with his running ability, he can break open on the sideline. Right. So this having a weak run defense to go up against this week for BYU opens a lot of doors. For sure. Um, Roderick's been pretty creative with his play calling. He'll know what to do. But, I mean, you got to think, even if they're not going to pound the ground every play, I, I, I've liked the balance they've had, about sure. 25 yeah. passes, 25 runs. So they're going to keep doing that. I think you could dial up the runs maybe a little bit, but just don't don't commit too hard because, you know, they're, they're still a Division One college football team. If they want to, they can stop the run, like, if they put all their energy into it when they know that it's coming every time. Yeah, you know, and, and I think also, what you, you know, if, if they are bringing pressure, um, it's going to be key – that if it is Jaron, you know, starting that he can have some quick decision making, that he can make kind of those snap judgments, which we've, we've talked about before. Um, you know, sometimes he can show a little bit of um, hesitancy in the pocket. So hopefully, you know, if he does make the de- if they are bringing the pressure, make the decision. Okay, boom. You know, I just need to run. I need to get out of here. Um, and because he can do it, he can obviously get away. He's got the speed. There were so many times, you know, in those first couple games where I was like, I was for sure certain that he was going to get you know tackled before he even made it back to the line of scrimmage. But he always made it around the guy. Always had just that little extra burst of speed to make it around to the to the to the outside and get up the field just a little bit. So yeah, no, I, I'm definitely there with you. We've we've talked about it, uh, you know, a lot here that you know Jaron needs to get those running opportunities, preferably early in the game to kind of open that up, and so that it, so that the defense can't just nail you down and think, okay, they're either going to pound to Algier or they're going deep to Romney and Pau. Yeah, exactly, and you know. With, with the running backs as well, something that BYU's always done well is uh, throwing the football to the running backs. Lapini Kato mm. is a great receiving back. But we yeah. saw some nice catches from Algier as well against Utah State. They have this kind of like flat play that they run with Mason Wake at fullback. Oh, that's and right. And they ran yeah. the same one with Algier. And Algier, I love Mason Wake. He's fun to watch. He's a great football player. But Algier was twice as good in that play as, yeah. as Wake is. And I don't know if that was just how the defense was positioned or just whatever it was. But like, get, get Algier not even just 20 carries, but 20 touches. Let him. Kind of let him eat out of the backfield. Same with Katoa. Um, if you throw in some other running backs in there, Hinkley, put in Jackson McChesney. I mean, they're, they're deep at running back. We haven't really seen a lot from the other guys yet. Um, if this game breaks open early and the run game is a factor, maybe this is the game to start cycling some people out because mm. Algier is playing really well, and you don't want to burn him out too hard right, because you'll right. need him down the stretch. Do you, Boise, Baylor, Washington State, Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. 
it's, it's a lot of Power Five teams USC. in a row. USC. Yeah. Idaho State. Like, <laughs> there are teams. There are teams, and <laughs> I just don't. I don't want Algier to have some crazy freak injury. We see right. that way too often. He, um, he's been insanely durable. He has. Like, throughout his – it's, it's kind of crazy, actually, for he, a running back. How he's a big boy. He's been. Yeah. He's a big boy. But, uh, and, you know, obviously this week James MP comes back at center. Right. By far their best offensive lineman. You know, real real quick, quick shout-out to James MP. Um, his first season was my first season covering the team as a freshman. He's been here four years now. I don't know, besides Zach Wilson, who had kind of just the one year of just everything going right at once, I don't think there are any other Cougars on the team – that have racked up more accolades over mm. the past four years than James Epi. Dude is legit. Dude can ball. And he's durable. He's consistent. I don't remember him being hurt in his career up until last game. Right. And he's just very quietly dominant. And, you know, you, you lost a lot of linemen this year. You lost Tristan Hodge. Brady Christensen got drafted. Chandon Herring. And Epi was kind of going to have to be the leader. And he yeah. stepped up, and he's really been the leader of what's been a very consistent – reliable dominant unit for BYU so just quick shout out to James MP we're glad you're back tomorrow or Saturday no yeah I'm really glad you mentioned him too I was going to bring that up he'll be key you know in a lot of aspects of that getting the run game started but also protecting the quarterback like we mentioned Boise is going to bring the pressure uh, they have they have a ton of sacks on the year um, so you know whether it's Jaron or Conover at that quarterback position MP is going to be huge now that he's back to, to help protect him and, and get that you know keep that uh, offense consistent yeah and going to the other side of the line on the defensive side um for as good as Boise is at getting to the quarterback, they're pretty bad at protecting their own quarterback. Mm. And so when you look at Bachmeyer's numbers for the season, he's, he's been very solid, aside from a few costly turnovers. But for, for all he's done, he's been under a lot of pressure the whole season in terms of, like, from the defense because he's been sacked 13 times, mm. which wow. is not ideal. For comparison, BYU has given up five sacks in five games. That's about one a game. And we have 12 sacks for our defense, I believe. And the defense has 12 game. sacks, yeah. yeah. So the defense is doing a good job, and it's spread over nine players too. Right. So Tuiaki, I know there's a lot of Tuiaki haters out there, but not anymore because they, – they, they are diminishing in numbers, I can tell you that. I would rather have the situation BYU has than Boise, where Boise has a guy with five or six sacks. Mm. Kind of you know he's the one who's going to come get you. But BYU has a bunch of guys who can come yeah. get you. You can't really game plan for one player because, you know, Tyler Batty can come and get you. Uriah can get you, Pepe can get you, even Peyton Wilgar's been shown to get I was going to say, those linebackers are coming in. Those linebackers are coming. I would love to see more secondary blitzes, Mm. as long as that's, you know, the secondary's pretty bad when they do blitz in coverage. But I would love to see a guy like maybe George Udo, Chaz Ayu, Malik Moore, those very physical, those very physical defenders uh, in the the backfield, or those defensive backs who play very physically, uh, getting to the line of scrimmage and making those plays, especially even if it's just, even if it's a running play, a sack, whatever it be, I would love to see those defensive backs getting in on those kind of plays. And so for BYU, you got need a guy like Tyler Batty. You need Uriah. You need yeah. Pepe. You need them to have just a great game because the offensive line for Boise is not great. And with a team that passes as much as Boise, if you can get a big sack, that is so crucial to like disrupting that offensive rhythm that you have in the passing game yep. because Boise cannot run the football. Their leading rusher is averaging like – 2.9 yards a carry. They're going to throw it. They're averaging over 300 yards a game in the year. So if you can get those sacks, especially on second, third down, force those long situations, it's a great way to control a football game. Yeah, you know, BYU averaging somewhere around six tackles for loss a game, which is 
pretty impressive. We mentioned Ben Bywater last game, had two on the opening drive alone, three in the whole game. Uh, he did a nice little breakdown of, of his film with Jeremy Jordan the other day that I thought was really, really cool. Um, so, yeah, that's, you know, pass rush is huge. The tackles for loss have got to, got to keep coming. We've got to, got to have those numbers uh, tomorrow or Saturday. We keep saying tomorrow because we're just used to, you know, recording on a Friday or it being the Utah State game, right? But we're yeah, so Saturday, excited. Just so excited. We're Cannot so excited wait. for that all-Navy uniform combo. <laughs> so, right? so much stoke, as Jackson so would say. So much stoke. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, staying on defense for a second, you know, yeah, tackles for loss for sure, but also turnovers. Uh, we've been averaging about two turnovers a game on defense, which has been huge in giving, you know, our defense a break and then getting our offense back on the field. Um, just really giving us the, the advantage and that turnover margin. And, you know, hopefully it can come in a variety of ways, you know, whether it's, you know, forcing some fumbles, um, you know, and those open field tackles are getting to the quarterback as well. But also our secondary has to show up, um, you know, hopefully getting an interception or two. Uh, you know, shout out to, uh, I, believe it, I believe it was Malik Moore and Jacob Robinson that ha had picks last game. Yep. Caleb, um, Hayes Caleb Hayes had three pass breakups. Yep. You, you got to think he's starting this week. I would, if he had three yeah, pass breakups. I would say so. Because he's been their best coverage defender in the secondary. And, yeah, the, the, defensive, the defensive backs have to step up. Um, Boise's going to throw a lot. You need a good game. You need just a consistent game from right. the DBs, you know? Like, that's the thing is that's the biggest wild card group mm. on the team because the linebackers are always going to be solid. Um, we'll get more on them later. Um, defensive line, they're getting to the quarterback. They're disruptive. But the defensive backs, you know, when BYU blitzes, they disappear. But they make these crazy circus-style mm. interceptions that yep. you've seen. Shaz has had a, I don't want to say a lucky interception, but a very fortunate interception. Yeah. Hayden Livingston just kind of grabbed one out of nowhere. Malik Moore with the one-handed interception. One it's one of the crazier interceptions you'll probably see this year, with the exception of the, I believe it was Alabama, had the one-handed in the end zone yeah, interception. Yeah, yeah. That one was insane, too. Here's your, here's your weekly reminder <laughs> that BYU should not even want to play in the college football playoff because playing Alabama is not fun for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> let's just go to the Fiesta Bowl and it's be happy there, right? <laughs> but let's, let's focus on Boise first. Keep it on the West Coast. Keep it on the West Coast. <laughs> but, uh, Keep it California dreaming, you know? Something like that. As we look at this just awful gray Provo day, <laughs> which we were in it's the beautiful. Rose Bowl right now. Yeah, I've heard it both ways. S smelling roses, huh? Smelling Something, like that. <laughs> Something like that, man. USC, November, let's get ready. But <laughs> looking, at, uh, looking at the defense, obviously the defensive backs have to step up. Uh, make those routine plays, you know. There's, Utah State was hitting them over the middle all day. You know, yeah. when, you know when Boise is watching film on BYU's defense, they're looking at that middle of the field and they're going, yep, that's, that's where we're eating all day. Like, I hate to say it, but they're looking at Chaz all you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's a reason why Chaz has been moved around on defense so much. Yeah. It's because for as, like, as talented as he is and as big of a factor as he can be, he, he gets caught sleeping from time to time. You know, He's not great in coverage. He has the one pick where he was just right place, right, right time, bad him. throw. Shout out Charlie Brewer, my favorite Ute ever. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Chaz, Chaz has got to step up. He's got to be locked down on, on coverage. Um, Isaiah Heron, he was back for Utah State, I believe. Yep. He's got to be locked on because he's very talented as well. And then going to the linebacker side of things, mm -hmm. you know, you've had some – I think there's been a couple of passes defended from the linebackers. Max Tooley had that uh, very strange interception against Arizona State. Right. Strange yeah. as in awesome and very talented, <laughs> but just not – not I, what's the word? Not conventional. I mean, once again, it was like right place, right time. Right place, honestly. right time. Yeah. Flopping around the ground. Not yeah. conventional, <laughs> but he got the takeaway. We'll give him credit for it because Tooley's Tooley's very good. Um, and Bywater's been stepping up. The biggest thing, one of the biggest keys BYU needs on defense this week is that Peyton Wilgar and Max Tooley yeah. need to be factors on defense. 
because those dudes were not there in Logan. You know, I mean, they're both very talented football players. They've done a lot this year. Peyton Wilgar is right now he's their best linebacker now that Peely's gone. Bywater's getting all the tackles, but Wilgar just helps every aspect of the game. But they got to show up. They got to make some tackles. They got to be part of the stat sheet yeah. against Boise because those are your talented defenders, and you can't afford to not have them contributing. You know. Right. And it could also be a big game for, for Pepe Tanavasa. You know, he's kind of had, he's kind of popped in and out, um, kind of had a couple breakout games here and there. He could also be a big factor, you know. But I think definitely you're spot on with Payton with Wilgar and Max Tooley. I think between the two of them, ideally they would have, you know, a couple tackles for loss, maybe a turnover between the two of them, whether it be an interception or, or a forced fumble. Um, you know, once again, right place, right time, just making sure you're locking down the middle of the field. So, that, so that's not wide open like it was against Utah State. Absolutely. I agree. I think they need to have tackles for loss, turnovers, whatever it be, for Thule and Wilgar. And Tyler Batty, you know, he's yeah. he's a very dominant pass rusher. He has one sack this year in five games, four games. I think I think he's going to have a really big second half this season. I would love to see him get a sack against Boise yeah. because their offensive line is not great. But, you know, Batty does a lot of things. I'm, I'm a Washington fan. I love Chase Young. Mm. I see them as not maybe not similar players because <laughs> Chase Young versus Tyler Batty might not be a fair comparison, <laughs> but in just terms of what they do for the team, where they right. cause that disruption, they, maybe, yeah. they take a double team, they open up opportunities for other guys, and Batty's been great at that this year. You know, a lot of the tackles for loss that Paid Wilgar has had have been because Tyler Batty's absorbing mm. a, a blocker, and so I want to see him actually get to the quarterback though because he's and you've seen him. He he can chase down the quarterback. He's had a few guys slip away from him, but. Batty is a dominant pass rusher. He's consistent. Get to the quarterback, make the play. Let's see it this week. Hit that quarterback with a little bomb shot. You know what I'm saying? What <laughs> <laughs> Where's our NIL Shoot deal? Bomb. We're waiting. Uh, yeah, Sponsor I, me, Kane. I, th I think Batty was like actually like one of the first BYU athletes to even get an NIL deal. It was like it was him it, and Riggs. It was, yeah, it was like a couple days after NIL. They were like, oh yeah, bomb shot. This is us. It's time. This is our thing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely the defense is going to be huge, um, just because they they've. You know, as as great as the offense have been, has, has been and as great as the defense has been at times, you know, I think the defense has been a little more inconsistent than the offense. Obviously, you know, you can factor in the quarterback thing with the inconsistency on offense, perhaps. But, you know, Jackson mentioned in his preview for this week that, uh, you know, Baylor Romney in the, in the quarters that he's played has been wildly consistent. Jaron, for the most part, extremely consistent as well. And we'll see what we got out of Conover. But I think the defense is really where we can show the most improvement as far as just – Every down, every quarter, every drive, just showing that consistency in the secondary, um, locking dudes up. And just, you know, we talk about the bend, don't break, but what if we just don't bend at all? It'd be nice. <laughs> there wasn't a ton of, I felt like in the fourth quarter against Utah State, there wasn't a lot of bending on defense. Yeah. They had their third down stops, they forced the punts. Uh, they got the fourth down stop. They, they were not. very like. They were staunch. Just, yeah, staunch, sequential, like just like shutting things down in a sequence of events that was like extremely impressive. Defense, don't be afraid to do that every time. I know you have a hard job. I'm not on the team. <laughs> I haven't played in a while. But it's been a minute. It's been a minute, it's, you know. It's been a couple turkey bowls. I, I, well, I got, inter <laughs> I got ejected from our uh, intramural <laughs> game last week. That's another story. Maybe we'll have a, like, what's an intramural an, pod. We'll have an intramural <laughs> pod or an oral history article or something. Shout out to the BYU intramural refs. You guys, terrible. But <laughs> Almost as bad as the Pac-12 crews that they were sending us Ayo. in the beginning of the year. Anyway, I digress. But, uh, yeah, I don't even know what I'm going to say. You know, that might just be the end of it. We might just, we might just cut there. Oh, you know, I, okay, real, real quick, though. BYU's best, most consistent stretch on offense has been with Baylor Romney at quarterback. It's true. Um, his three quarters, 80% of his passes he's completing. 
Um, he's got five touchdowns. Pretty unreal. The defense, you can rally against. You can rally around that same idea where Jaron Hall was the starter and the backup came in and they played their best football on offense. Keenan Peely's down. You have a couple injuries here and there. Peyton Wilgar is the kind of guy you could step up. He's a captain. Mm. You can rally around Peyton Wilgar, yeah. rally around Ben Bywater, Max Tooley. Maybe that linebacker group that is so crucial to the success of the team on defense. Rally around that group and have your best stretch of defense this season, these next few games. You've got to play Baylor. They're, they have one of the best offensive lines in football. Coach Mateos, Coach Grimes brought the, yeah. the BYU culture that they've established here. They brought it to Baylor. Blue grit. Blue grit. You got to go down up. So you got to go down to Baylor. You got to stop Hank Bachmeyer, um, Bronco Mendenhall. You know he's going to have something special for BYU. He does not want to lose that game. Yeah. Play your best defense of the year right now. You know, don't yeah. let what happened against Utah and Arizona State. Don't let that be your season. Even though you lost your best defender in Peely, you can still make that difference. I believe at least. I mean, Utah State they they were staunch towards the end. They turned things on. And I said last podcast that. I thought that was BYU's actual defense and not the unit that's getting pushed around against USF. And I would love to see that continue. Um, I know Cade Fennigan made it very hard on them in scout team this week. He torched the defense, but we're hoping Hank Bachmeyer doesn't do the same. Yeah, apparently that's just what scout teams do at BYU. You know, I, I think the scout team quarterback just always torches. I don't know whether it's they're, if they're holding guys out in practice or what. But it's uh, Provo syndrome. Yeah, it's just some, something, something in the Gatorade down in the practice fields. I don't know, man. Something like that. Um, but yeah, you know, I think you know we've kind of digressed a little bit and gone on a couple of tangents here. So what if we, pr you know, provide a little bit of meat and potatoes for you guys, some actual, you know, predictions, what we expect for the game uh, on Saturday? Um, we, can, you know, we can talk about score. Maybe we can talk about you know, quarter to quarter breakdown. There's been a, a lot of talk about you know how BYU's been a solid first half team. Maybe not as much in the second half, or you know, it kind of depends on the game, I guess. Defense maybe better in the second half, not as good in the first half. But then you look at uh, Boise State as well, right? They've been a super, super solid first quarter, first half team, one of the best in the nation, actually, um, but not as strong in the second half. So, you know, what can we expect on Saturday? Do we need to, we need to come out fast and strong on, on both sides to, to stop that rush from, from Boise State? Rush as in, not, not as in the running back, but just, you know, the rush of points, you know, I'm thinking. Um, and then, you know, hold through throughout the whole game. You know, if they're going to slow down the second half, we can, we can uh, stay strong and, and kind of take advantage when they slow down a little bit. Absolutely. I think, you know, BYU's not trailed at all this year. Crazy stat still. Crazy stat. Yeah. They're one of four teams that haven't trailed. I think the other yeah. two are Alabama and Georgia. Wow. And then somebody else, I don't know. But, like, they can't trail against Boise State. Yeah. This, is a, this could very easily be a trap game. I know they're two and three. They're better than the record suggests. You're banged up on offense. You're banged up on defense. Just score early, mm. have that lead. Just have that confidence early. Like, hey, like we're in command because BYU's controlled every game they've had so far, and they need to continue that idea. And you know, we talk about Boise State; they're the ninth best first half team in the country. BYU, I think they're twenty eighth, or it might be higher than that. But they're also a first, a good first half team. Boise falls apart in the second half a little bit. Maybe be. I don't want to say be less aggressive in the first half on defense, but maybe really put all your energy, not all your energy clearly, but like put a lot of energy in that second half mm, because you know you're going to shut them down. Yeah. Don't give them any opportunity to not get shut down. Yeah. 
my, my mic came unplugged for a second, so hopefully I'm still there. If not, I'll kind of just like lean towards Jackson a little bit. Um, but no, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. You know, maybe, you know, on offense, I think for sure start fast. We've mentioned that the whole season. <laughs> here we go. We can get double mic here for a sec. Um, start fast on offense and maybe on defense. Conserve your energy a little bit. Keep guys healthy. Health is obviously going to be a huge thing uh, for the rest of the season as, as they try to maintain that perfect record, maintain that um, that record, that streak of not trailing in a game. Super huge. Um, so, yeah, and I think you're spot on there. Maybe, maybe you get a quick score prediction. You think, uh, you know, I think we're favored by, what is it now, up to like five? I don't know. Five, something BYU like covers, so. BYU, BYU obviously covers. Great teams right? cover, right? Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't know anything about that, right? No gambling. <laughs> Not going to Wendover? not going to Wendover later, but uh, you know I think the biggest key right here, if Jacob Conover starts, mm -hmm. if Hall starts, disregard all of this. But honestly, same deal. Yeah. Um, Jacob Conover does not have to do that much to get this win. All he has to do is really manage the game. We don't need any big shots downfield. Obviously, you have Romney, you have Pau, guys who can and Puka. You have guys who can get downfield to make those big plays. But maybe let's have some dr clock grinding drives. I mean, on the rock, get five carries, get five yards from Algier. Maybe a quick out to Rex, get another carry for Algier, just kind of incrementally move down the field to the point where you're, one, burning a lot of clock, two, giving your defense a rest, but three, just very low risk, high efficiency, just get down the field, get your quarterback settled in, don't ask too much of Conover because you know he'll be ready. He's, he's no stranger to big moments. He's a good quarterback, but, you know, they're going to expect us to come out swinging because that's what they did with Romney when he stepped in as the backup. You don't have to do that much. You can, I mean... I don't want to say you don't have to do too much, like put in the effort, like do your job, but they don't have to be too cute with it. Yeah. They can, very, they can play a very vanilla game of football on offense and get the win if they do it the right way. And you know, that's what I think the key is. Yeah, I, th I think a lot of it's going to depend on the on this what we see right here, the rock section. Mm. We got a picture of the rock behind us. The rowdy rock. Um, you know, got to show up again uh, on Saturday. They've been huge all year. I think the energy in that game, you know, be, whether it being a day game, nationally televised. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of hype, and you know I'm gonna I'm gonna come out and say it. I'm gonna say uh, BYU crosses the 40 point threshold this game. Really? I'm, I'm gonna give us a little uh, 41 to 24. Okay. Line, yeah. BYU. I like that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say BYU wins. They're gonna win 31 21. Okay. So a little bit, little bit lower scoring. Let's score four tutties. Which I, I can see goal. that happening because that's kind of what we saw, you know, especially if Jaron starts those first three games. We, we didn't break 30 points. So it was a little bit more, a little tighter, a little more conservative, right? I could see that happening again. But I really think the hype just brings it over with us being 5-0, and potential to go 6-0. and Like, that's just, that's a lot of hype in the, in the Velobert Stadium in Provo. Absolutely. Take care of the football. No dumb picks. Make clean open field tackles. I'm so sick of BYU defenders who tackle with no arms. They hit with the shoulder high and let yeah. the guy just bounce off. Make a clean tackle. Get to the quarterback. Don't want any pinball out here. No, no pinball. No, no bouncing. Just do, do your job. I mean, all the stuff we always say, you know. It's so simple, but it's not. But it's simple. Yeah. Keep, keep it simple. <laughs> Caleb just had a big, huge confused look on his face. like, yeah. <laughs> big kiss fans here, right? Keep it, keep it simple. Yeah, anyway. So shout out uh, to The Rock, shout out to Universe Sports. Uh, we'll be here uh, all, all weekend. Shout out Ryan Smith. We hope to get you on the pod soon, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace out.